1: Welcome to That's a Hard No, the podcast about saying no and setting boundaries.
2: So you can become the authentic and empowered you that this world needs.
1: I'm Heather Drago.
2: And I'm Sarah Saunders.
1: Before we start, a quick reminder.
2: While I am a licensed professional clinical counselor, this podcast is in no way a replacement for one-on-one therapy with a mental health professional. If you notice the content in this podcast triggers some big feelings, visit our website hardknowpodcast.com for mental health resources and other helpful links.
1: Thanks, Sarah. I'm so ready for this conversation. Let's get going. (laughs)
2: Yes, me too. Hi, Roger Williams. And thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule to be with us today. I'm so eager to talk with you and learn more about your pursuit of an adult gap year and taking time to be intentional about crossing things off your bucket list.
0: Well, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. And I hope this conversation As beneficial to your listeners and to whomever.
2: Roger, would you mind starting by explaining a little bit about what exactly this bucket list mindset means and this very intentional way of living?
0: Yeah, like so many people during the pandemic, I was stuck at home thinking about all the things that were going on in the world and my life. And then I wound up having a heart attack on uh, December in 2020. Mm. And uh, after that, I just really began thinking about, you know, where do I find my self-worth? And I think that's really where this all generated from. I had had a bucket list in my head for a long time, but I had never literally written it down. And I really wanted to have myself be known for who I am and how I live my life and who I build relationships with. And so that really became the focus of everything I, I wanted to do with the time that I didn't spend selling my labor to somebody else. And so I you know I went to all my social media accounts and I changed my job position to be head crosser off on my bucket list. I uh, intentfully <laughs> wrote down my, my list of things that had been stuck in my head and I decided that I was just going to start crossing things off and that that's what I was going to take my time to do. What it really meant for me was doing things that brought me joy in those hours that I wasn't working mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that I wanted to be defined by that and known for that instead of, again, how I sold my labor and who I sold it to.
2: And I want to pause for just a second because, listeners, before we bring a guest on, Mora, she actually does kind of a pre-interview screening. And, Roger, while I was listening to that screening, you had mentioned that during your time of going to all of these different places, you started kind of taking selfies and um, sharing those with people. And one thing that I wanted to hit on was that there was a coworker of yours yes. that— you had been working with for a while and she said she looked at you and was like, Roger, I have never seen you this happy. And it was almost this aha moment of like, wait a second, can you take us there for a second?
0: Yeah. Um my actually my coworker hates that story because it winds <laughs> up that I actually quit my job and, after and the they're after still this stuck conversation. There, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Well, I think she was more like she felt responsible for me quitting my job. But oh. I went on the Camino de Santiago, which is uh, which was the number one thing on my bucket list. I've been on it for 11 years, and um, it was the first thing I wanted to accomplish. I wanted to do something big. It's a 790-mile trek across northern Spain. You, you walk mm-hmm. the, the wow. vast majority of it. It takes 30, 35 days, depending on how you do it. And I wanted, while I was on that trip, I wanted to take selfies and uh, to remember the people. Um, That was something someone had told me that had walked before, that that was something they had missed out on, that they didn't take as many selfies. Because sometimes you see people once, sometimes you meet people for just a a lunch or a one-time breakfast, and then they're gone. But the conversations are still impactful. So I was taking all these selfies, and I made an Instagram reel Mm -hmm. that um, was a compilation of all, it was just a slideshow of all these selfies. And when I got back, um, I showed it to this coworker I'd been working with for four and a half years or so. We had um, a very good relationship. And she, like you said, she, after she was done watching it, she said, I've never seen you that happy. And although I was glad that that's what she saw, she saw my experience. I was, I was uber happy. I was I was very, very um, excited, and and I'm a communal person. I like building relationships, and so that was a big part of it for me. But at the same time, I got really sad because, like, in four and a half years, you've never seen me this happy, <laughs> and that I knew at that point something had to change, and that's when I decided to um, quit my job and take an adult gap year, um, so to speak, and uh, just do things that brought me joy.
1: So, were you at all afraid? To take that step I mean quitting your jobs a pretty big deal or were you just so like yeah. done with it I'm like you were just ready
0: well I think I think I was ready it wasn't as much the job you know I think that's part of it though I was doing youth work um, helping high school students who were um, typically not students that would go to college help them prepare and go to college to their families they were first-generation college students Um, They were low income. And so, you know, all the time people would, when I told them what I would do, they'd be like, oh, that must be so rewarding. That must be so rewarding. And you must get so much out of it. And I think like nurses and other professions, it's like, yeah, I do. But at the same time, it's hard work. It's Mm -hmm. constant. It's, you know, it's always on your head because you, there's some.
1: Giving, giving, giving.
0: Yeah. And then the weight of it and the expectation is is that you should find yourself worth in that and, and be Grateful that you have this this job that makes this impact, and so that was a part of my mindset as far as looking at myself and you know saying I, I want to be no more than that. Although that's a great thing, and society looks at that as something that's worthy and honorable, mm-hmm. I wanted to be known for more of the things that mattered, not mattered to me, but were made me excited, made me happy. You know, and just weren't just how I sold my labor. So I think that to answer your question. I was ready. Um, I, (laughs) it was scary. Um, I had to raid my retirement funds um, to say, okay, I'm going to take this year off. Uh, But at the same time, I'm also building, uh, trying to build some things for myself, work for myself and use my labor for my own enjoyment and benefit. Um, And not selling it to somebody else, but doing things that, that bring me joy and, and that I can set up a way that I can, you know, benefit financially through that. So, and, and someone asked me once. They said, "You know, there's huge risk in that." And I said, "Well, there's not really a risk in losing that money. You know, I'm, you know, rebuild that retirement fund, and hopefully I'll be able to do that. But if I have to go back to work, I'm not going to regret anything that I did this year. Mm-hmm. If I have to go back and sell my labor to somebody else, I'm not going to regret what I did." And that, I think, was the most important thing. Is it scary? Sure, it's scary all the time. (laughs) And I have some anxiety about it every once in a while. But, but, you know, because I have a partner and, you know, responsibilities. and But I think in the end, I'm not going to regret anything because that I'm only doing things that bring me joy. And so if at the end of the year, like I said, if I have to go back to work, that's all right. <laughs> I I, you know, I haven't wasted my time, and I've done lots of things that have mm-hmm. made me a better person, and have prepared me to be a better employee, and all those kind of things. So uh, you know, it's risk versus reward, and for me, the rewards great.
2: Well, and like so many of us, we talk about the seasons that we go through. Mm-hmm. And so there is a time and place where we have these expectations in our head of what we feel we should be doing. We pursue a certain path and it does serve us. But then, like you were saying, Roger, it was like our check engine light went off and we we needed to reevaluate. We needed to find the joy again. And so Pivoting and shifting—it's giving ourselves permission to do that. And it sounds like you believe success can and should be redefined by society. Can you help us understand boundaries you have set to become successful by this new definition?
0: Yeah, I've, that was one of the biggest thing was you know that what drew me to this podcast was just the title. That's a hard no, and. And saying yes to so many things, you have to say no to other things. Mm-hmm. And the boundaries the, the boundaries that I set were it's not just um, doing trips and seeing ancient places or you know um, doing adventurous things. Um, those are all great, but it's more uh, the bigger issue is, is that I'm saying no to the things that bring me down. and I'm not letting those things dictate what I can and can't do and again it goes back to that you know the issue of fear or societal pressure and what people think about what i'm doing i'm saying no to allowing other people and uh, and society as a whole dictate where i find my joy mm-hmm. and so and sometimes that's difficult okay. sometimes that's saying no to family sometimes that's um yeah. saying no to friends and but a lot of times it's saying yes <laughs> yeah and but i but yeah. I, you have to at some point and it's it's hard because our societys it's very much a duality it's you know be selfless do all these things but at the same time there's this rugged individuality in the west that you know take care of yourself but when you take care of yourself people think that that's selfish and i'm you know that for me is a hard no yeah. <laughs> um it's not about being selfish i've, yeah. I've always thought that the, the analogy of being on the plane and them telling you to put your mask on first before you put it on a child or an elderly person. And that makes sense to me, that you take care of yourself. And sometimes that means other people lose out. Mm-hmm. But I'm, on the back end of that, I'm going to be such a better partner. I'm going to be such a better brother. I'm going to be such a better son. I'm going to be such a better employee that it's worth Taking that time in those moments to say, okay, um, I'm going to make myself happy. And you're the only person that can do that. Yeah. No one else can do that for you. And no one, you can't rely on anybody to do that. I can't rely on my partner. I can't rely on my mom. I have to do that for myself. I can't rely on that my best friend. My happiness is dictated by me and only me. And so... Th- I have to go out and find that joy and be self-aware enough to know what is, what brings me joy and what doesn't, right? I think so many times the hardest thing to say no to is being able to be self-aware and saying, you know what, that's not going to make me happy. Going, you know, going to this family function and doing something that, you know, that doesn't make me happy, that's probably best I don't go to that, (laughs) then I can, you know, uh, because I won't be a happy person while I'm doing it. And so it's better for everybody if I don't attend. (laughs) And I think that that's where we get stuck sometimes. Well, you have to sacrifice and do these things. Well, sometimes that's not the best choice for people.
2: I am over here like a bobblehead, just yeah, agreeing <laughs> with everything you're saying. And and it is hard, you know, and and it's like swimming against this current mm. that you're constantly, there's all of this noise, all of this societal expectations and pressure. But when you are determined, you get what you need to to, to swim and and to keep going. I think also there's just the practical matter of there's only so much bandwidth.
1: Mm. So if you have a goal, if you want to go do these fun, joyful, interesting things, you're only human. There's only so much you can do. So something's got to give. Something has to be a no in order to make room for that. Yes. So it's not always about rejecting people or things. It's just making room for yourself.
0: And I think that sometimes things can be both and It doesn't always have to be one way or the other. I'm not talking about being completely selfish. So taking my Camino trip as an example, mm-hmm. that was something I wanted to do. I wanted to go and experience that. I wanted to do the full trip, and that was important to me. My partner, that was not appealing to her to <laughs> you know walk fifteen miles fifteen to eighteen miles a day and you know for 30 days and live in hostels where you're sharing showers and you know all that kind of stuff that wasn't as appealing to her as it was to me and so in the process of taking that trip she was like well i've always wanted to go to spain i've always wanted to do some solo traveling and so what happened was is that while i was walking from saint jean pied de port france to santiago she was in Seville and Madrid and Barcelona, <laughs> and she was she wow. had a wonderful time, you know, and did some amazing things on her own, traveling by herself, being courageous to do that. And then the last five days of the Camino, she came to Sar- Saria, met me in Saria, Spain, and then we walked the last five days together, which allowed her to get a certificate of completion. We got, you know, we got to do something together. Mm-hmm. It was again that self-awareness of knowing, you know, and you can bring people into that self-awareness. Right. But you have to be willing to, you know, not just compromise, but really understand that the other person knows who they are. Mm-hmm. And so I would never force her to do the full Camino because that would have just been miserable for her, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and But I'm so glad she got that experience of solo traveling. And then we, we got five really good days. And, you know, we just – it just – clicked you know she, we met each other we had a great night we got up next morning you know it took her a little while she's like oh wow we're really walking 15 to 18 <laughs> miles a day i'm like yep so is it is and but she got in the rhythm and you know the conversations were great it was just like we were back home you know nothing had changed and i think that really is because we both knew each other well enough to know that we wouldn't want to force the other person and you have to be able to willing to give willingness again to give whoever it is sibling partner whatever the space to be themselves in whatever is going on and for them to be able to say yes and also for them to be able to say no if they don't want to do it right i wasn't offended she didn't want to do the things i did that's fine that's great you're an individual person i'm happy for that and i'm super proud of her for doing two and a half weeks of solo traveling i think you know that's amazing thing to do so i was you know i thought it was a good balance Right, that you don't. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, and that's what you should try to find: is balance, mm-hmm. not necessarily always one side or one um, somebody else sacrificing all the time for, for other people.
2: We are going to take a short break. We'll be right back.
1: That's a hard note Is brought to you by Clever Girl Marketing
2: I really want to take some time to, you know, normalize that it is okay to be selfish. And there are times that we have to put ourselves first. I love that metaphor of Mm -hmm. putting your oxygen mask on first before assisting others. I also think, to your point, it takes a lot of intentionality. And so it's not that we can just say, okay, I have my agenda for today. It's all about me we have to especially in relationship identify okay i am bringing awareness to myself these are the things that i know that i need Mm -hmm. share with me what do you need and then how can we collaborate how can we both get our needs met in order for us to not feel resentful to feel like we're filling up our cup Mm. so what were some things that you felt really helped to communicate your needs. Is that something that, you know, is just innately, you know, you have that in you, or is it something that you really had to develop the skill?
0: Yeah, I wish it was I wish it was innate. I wish it was innate in all of us. Um, but I was I was married for twenty five years and probably the last 15 really um and not good years. And a lot of that had to do with my my understanding of what relationships look like is that I need to sacrifice. And I need to sacrifice. And I need to sacrifice, and I made some major mistakes, you know, towards the end, um, the last five years. Um, but a lot of that had to do with the fact that I didn't love myself. I mean, that's really what it boils down to: is mm-hmm. that I didn't love myself enough to say this is what I needed. And so, when so often we we don't have the courage, or we don't have, you know, because of whatever's going on around us. We don't have that ability to say this is what I need, you know. This is this this will make me happy, and I you know and you know I, I doubt my ex partner would would ever listen to this, but but it's you know a lot of it. Like one example I'll, I'll give is like she hated sitcoms. She did not. We we just could not watch sitcoms, and so every, every the TV was always controlled. There was no give and take of I like sitcoms, you know. I, the Big Bang Theory is awesome. I want to watch it. But she thought that they were stupid. And so we couldn't watch those things. And so TV time became.
2: A point of tension.
0: Yeah. And and for me, not enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Right. And so and then you know, do, do you just get up and leave? Do you go do someplace else? Do you go find another TV? I mean, it's it was so difficult. And so now I can say what I, I learned that to love myself. I need to say what I need and what I want. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean I'm always going to get mm-hmm. it. And that's part of it as well, is that I I need to understand that I just, but I just need to be able to say what I want. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then we, because when you're able to do that, then you can walk through that Mm -hmm. process of saying, okay, how do I, how do we get that? Or how do we achieve that? And that's what happened with the Camino. I said, this is what I want to do. This is, this is where I'm at. And we're actually going through that same process now because I'm kind of getting the bug to go back and do it again. And she would like to do the port. There's multiple routes on the Camino and she would like to do the Portuguese. And I want to do, I mean, I want to do the Francis again the frances because there's things i didn't accomplish while i was on it that i want to go back and and figure out how to accomplish and um so i'm just like well i mean if we have the capability i'll just walk to francis and then meet you in portugal and we'll just you know i'll just do it again you know i'll just walk i'll just walk another 20 days you know just like that's fine if that's what it takes for us to do that together well and
2: i just i think this is a good reminder for anyone listening, that if you're noticing that there is a point of tension within the dynamics of a relationship, to honor that, to not judge it, not criticize or blame, but d- just to acknowledge and take some time to reflect on that, to just mm. kind of, we talk about this body scan, where am I feeling this in my body? What am I afraid of? Am I afraid to be mm. vulnerable and share something because i I maybe have a history of being rejected in the past. But I think, to your point, it it needs to be released. We need to be able to share what it is that our heart is desiring, and that can be, you know, different during different seasons. And yes, there's definitely things that we just have to do right now. You know, changing dirty diapers is something that I not always want to do, but (laughs) it's the season I'm in. So yes, you have to take something, you know, take one for the team, but also here's what i need more of here's what i need less of here's how i would feel most supported and just laying all the cards out and then deciding okay what cards can we pick up right now what can we kind of park for later but we'll go back to but continuing to have that open dialogue Mm -hmm. because we talk a lot about generational patterns and how even with boundary setting it is and I use this language often. It's not to blame, shame, judge, or criticize. It's to acknowledge boundary setting as a skill and often one that we did not learn in our upbringing. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. And it's our responsibility, right? It's our responsibility to set that boundary and let that boundary be known. It's not the other person's responsibility to read our head, you know, read our minds and figure out what that is. You know, I have to love myself enough to, to set my own boundaries and be vocal about it. And so I don't... I don't blame my my ex-partner for being controlling it's i didn't i wouldn't i never had the gumption to say hey look this is what would make me happy mm-hmm. that's on me mm-hmm. that's not on that other person that's on me to take responsibility for that and and that's hard to do when you again we go back to the original you know portion of this conversation of saying you know there's a bunch of societal norms i had i had some you know original family stuff ingrained in me that said you know, like, like Williams's don't get divorced. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, like that was something that was ingrained in me. And so that was a, was a major deal when I finally decided I was going to file that I was going to, you know, that was a big step because it didn't, at that point, it was, I love, I have to love myself enough that I need to move on from this relationship, regardless of what my parents think Mm -hmm. I need, I need to do this for me. And, um, and I just sat down, down and explained it. And my dad was like, all right. And my mom was like, okay, you know, but it was but those it was my responsibility it wasn't my parents responsibility to release me from that it was my responsibility to take to be brave enough to love myself to be able to do that
1: mm-hmm. what i also like about your description of the the process you and your partner have gone through to make some of the decisions like your 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 travel plans is you love yourself enough to set these boundaries and say, this is what I want to do and this is what I need to be happy. But you're also coming from a place of empathy. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've been married 26 years and it's been a rocky road sometimes. And what I've learned in my wizened old age now is that, mm-hmm. is that I, I have to remember why I'm in this relationship in the first place and come with a sense of empathy so that I'm listening and I'm learning and I'm making space for him. And it sounds like you have that kind of thought process going on in your relationship.
0: Yeah. I mean, again, I go back to it's the issue for me in that is that I I don't have to get my way. That's not this isn't a battle. This isn't a
1: right. You know,
0: this isn't this isn't a a checklist of Mm -hmm. who has more or who has less hash marks next to their name about what they get.
2: Right. Exactly. It's not scorekeeping. Yeah, it's not Mm scorekeeping. This
0: is just it's just a chance for me to as long as I can say what I want that's where I'm good Mm -hmm. Um, because then I at least know I've vocalized it no one's trying to read my head Mm -hmm. and it's the responsibilities on me I'm like I said earlier I may not get what I want I may Mm -hmm. compromise more than I want to but we've gotten those things out to where it's um, visible so that we can both make good decisions about how to compromise and where to compromise and where not to Um, and be empathetic to the other person to be able to say, okay, that's, that's definitely sounds like that's a strong need you might have. Let's figure out how to do that. And without the vocalization of it, um, I just think it's, it's almost impossible to do.
2: Mm (laughs) And remembering that we're on the same team. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes it can feel like we're opponents, but really that we want to win. We Mm -hmm. want the team to win. So what would that, you know, get out the playbook? What does that look like? How can we work together to, you know, cross that finish line or get that goal or score or whatever it is? Um, And so I think that that's also a really good message. So are there any other specific knows that you feel you kind of had to exercise in order to pursue this gap year?
0: Um, I definitely had to say no to my fears of not of of not having a job you know, in society looking at me and saying, Oh, what are you doing? you know, I had to say no to other people's perceptions. I think that's what I, how I would say. And then constantly still doing it, even after six months, I'm still you know, mm-hmm. I'm saying, no, that's that's your stuff. That's your your expectations for yourself. Mm-hmm. Those aren't mine. I'm not going to own them. Um, I think that that's a that's a big part of it.
2: Well, can I pause for one second? Because I think a lot of people can relate to that in some way or another. Was there anything? So, yes, you say no. I know, Heather, you've shared before, like, you use inspirational quotes to kind of help you get through certain situations. Mm-hmm. Was there anything that supported you to help you get through saying no or rejecting some of those outside expectations?
0: I think it is holding up a lens that says does this bring me joy mm-hmm. or not mm-hmm. um, and, and and looking at things through that lens is what helps me decide whether or not I'm, I'm going to do something or not. Um, mm-hmm. and and yeah, I don't think they had like a, an actual process of just besides stopping and saying does this bring me joy or not.
1: I mean, that's a great question. Yeah. I don't think we ask ourselves that enough. Yeah.
0: No, we we don't. We just
1: we just get on with it, you know. Yeah,
0: and it's and it's scary, the scary part of that is that the again it goes back to Everybody else looks at you like that's selfish, you know? right? Right. <laughs> well, again, I, I say, you know, if it's bringing me joy, I'm going to be a better person in the process. And if it's mm-hmm. not bringing me joy, then I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be a hundred percent. I'm not going to be able to um, participate. I'm not going to be able to um, fully embrace what's going on around me, and so. Y- it's a, it's a really important question.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, if it doesn't bring you joy, you probably shouldn't be engaged with it because it's not going to help you be the best version of yourself if, if you're not. If it doesn't bring you joy.
1: So speaking of joy, mm-hmm. tell us about the things you've done during your gap year that have brought you <laughs> joy. Let's lighten this up a little bit.
0: Oh yeah, for sure.
1: Tell us some of the things on your bucket list that you've crossed off.
0: Uh, I got knuckle tattoos. Um, nice. I've been tattooing for uh, about twenty five. 30 years, I don't even know how long I've been tattooing on my body. And knuckles have always been like the thing you can't hide. Um, You you know, when you get them, they're out there, unless you're wearing, unless it's winter and you're wearing gloves. Um, And it took me a long time to come up with what I wanted. And then it took me a little while to decide to pull the trigger on getting them done. And so I got those done. I crashed a wedding, Uh, it happened to be a wedding in Costa Rica. uh it was a destination wedding they were friends but i wasn't invited to the wedding my partner (laughs) and i did that together uh we we went to costa rica and did that um i'm in the process of writing a book uh which has been something on my list for a long time nice i took a three month trip from costa rica to israel to italy and spain and united kingdom and so my father passed away during that time
2: oh i'm sorry i'm so sorry to hear that no
0: (laughs) thank you i appreciate that um we were we were good, <laughs> we were good. So um, I'm I'm at peace with it for the most part. I do miss him greatly and miss being able to call him and hearing his voice. But um, yeah, that was that was okay. But the the book is about his relationship with his father, my relationship with him, and my relationship with my son, all through the lens of the history mm. of professional wrestling because we were all fans <laughs> um, of professional wrestling. So that was uh, kind of poignant of me do- doing that while I was on this this trip. And uh, I'm, I'm hopefully going to uh, finish off visiting all 50 states in the United States here. But for my gap year's over, I'm excited about that. I only have two more to go. So, Wow. So, yeah, I'm trying to do that. And, you know, the thing that I really found on going on that three-month trip was that when I opened myself up to being intentful of being out in the world and, and seeing things that things i didn't expect happen, right? So an example would be i, I was in Matera, Italy for a, for a month uh, there writing. and i was walking through the town one day, just kind of strolling through and i and just ran into this Salvador Dali sculpture. Wow. In the middle of one of these plazas and it turns out there were six, six sculptures of his in this town. You know, i never i, I didn't have seeing Salvador Dali sculptures on my bucket list, but when i opened my eyes and kind of slow rolled my travel it was you know other things open up and you get to experience things that you weren't expecting so i think that's been a huge benefit
1: it sounds like your definition of a bucket list isn't necessarily big grand things or traveling the world though it sounds like it can be anything right getting the knuckle tattoos you know
0: and that's what i try to promote to people is that your list is your list i'm, I'm not going to judge it whatever it is mm-hmm. um don't judge my list i'm not going to judge yours cuz i have some weird stuff on my list but i have friends that i have one sp- specific friend who loves to play golf i can't stand golf you know but it's it's kind of one of his passions so he's decided that he's going to do all 50 states he's going to play around of golf in all 50 states like that's Fun. that's just that's it that's his bucket list. There's no. Other, there's nothing else on his bucket list besides. that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a friend that her bucket list all consists of learning to cook certain foods, mm-hmm. and so that's what her bucket list consists of. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's it's not necessarily about. And there's lots of debate out there about do you call it a bucket list? Do you call it a life goal list? You know, all that. And, and for me, that's just semantics. a joy
2: list. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: joy list. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, yeah. That's a great term. Um, it's it's just. It's just things that you intentionally want to do that that yeah that bring you joy and whatever that is it doesn't you know no one else can really judge what that is for you um, mm-hmm. so what's on the list doesn't matter as much as that you're intentionally doing something about the list it's one thing to create a list and that's why I always tell people you know write it down write it down mm-hmm. at least once physically take a piece mm-hmm. of paper and a, a writing utensil and write it down once so that you can go through that process of seeing it written and. Physically writing it yourself and mentally having to do that exercise, uh, because mm-hmm. then it really becomes actionable, um, and it's not just some you know. For me, before my heart attack, it was just this list in my head of things, and that that list just gets jumbled around and pushed aside by all the other things going on in my brain. But when you write it down, you know, for me, sticking it on my mirror and so I see it every morning that that makes it more actionable because it's daily reminder that it's there and, th- and that I, I need to be working towards those things at some level. Mm-hmm.
2: And I think that that is a great exercise for listeners to do is to just hold space, take time to mm-hmm. be intentional, to really think about what what do I want? What do I need to feel as you put it, Roger, to feel more joy, and it is all about that intentionality. Mm -hmm. Roger, I'm curious for you because, again, we we got just such a a small snapshot of what you've been doing, but you did a beautiful job of sharing. Mm -hmm. What would you like listeners to really take away from this gap year and this conversation that we've had with you today?
0: I think that for me, it's more of, of a uh, amalgamation of everything we've said, right? It, live life intentionally, and you can do that through a bucket list. That's because I think some people are like, how do you live intentionally? I intentionally go to work every day, you know, make a paycheck. Intentionally clean the house. You know, intentionality is such a you know a charged word at some level, but it's intentionally living towards your you making yourself happy. And I think that if you need help doing that, a bucket list, a life goal list, whatever you joy list, whatever you want to call it, can be a source for you to have those goals in front of you and in such a way to remind yourself on a daily basis that I need to make myself happy. I can't rely on other people to do that.
1: Well, we're so happy that you were able to talk to us and help people think about living their lives more intentionally And, um, and also just behind the scenes, we had some technical issues the first time we tried to do this and you've been just, Uh, just so patient and kind about it. So thank you for just being open and, and um, tell us a little bit about how people can learn more about your gap year and, and other people taking a gap year.
0: Yeah. So I uh, have a Instagram account. That's the best place to see stuff about me. It's uh, at crosser.offer um and i post stuff about um things that i'm doing and um uh, the bucket list items i'm crossing off uh, and the, the bigger issue for me is um the crossing it off podcast which i have which i invite other people that have crossed items off their list to come and tell their story mm-hmm. um and you can find that wherever you listen to podcasts it's everywhere you can also listen to it at crossing it off podcast.com. Uh, where you can find out more information about me and connect with me and um, ask me questions or see if there's ways I can help.
1: Fantastic. And we'll put those links on our show notes page as well.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Thanks. This has been great. You know, I tried to sit down and write my bucket list items out mm-hmm. and it was actually a lot harder than I thought. Yeah. You know, like what's bucket list worthy? So I'm going to, I'm still working on it, but it did make me think.
0: It brings you joy. Put it on the list.
1: That's right. That's right. Well, thanks again, Roger. It's just been so nice meeting you and talking with you.
0: Thank you, Heather. Thanks, Sarah.
1: Okay, so that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Visit our website, hardnopodcast.com for this episode's show notes, past episodes, downloadables, and links to resources. Also, you'll find links to each of our websites clevergirlmarketing.com and purposefulgrowthandwellness.com
2: And make sure to follow us and get in touch with us on social. We're at Hard no Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And please do us a huge favor. If you liked what you heard
1: here, please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast wherever you listen so others can find us too. And if you have a friend or family member who you think could benefit from this, you know, why not just send them a little text with a link to our podcast? Just like a little
2: nudge, nudge, hint, hint. (laughs) Thank you to our friends and family, our villagers for listening and your continued support. That's a Hard No is a joint production of Clever Girl Marketing and Purposeful Growth and Wellness. Marketing and Production Coordinator, Mara Del Rosario. Production support, Evergreen Podcast, Noah Fouts, producer. Music by Gigi Riggs. Until next time, thanks for listening. And remember, saying no isn't just okay. Saying no
1: is the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. So
2: do it. Find your no, then say it unapologetically. That's a hard no.